Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. Hey guys, I'm John. And this week we're going to continue on with the, you know, 3D printing world, I guess you could say, and, you know, what it's used for, you know, and kind of, you know, we're going to be looking at the, the uses, I guess. We'll take a look at those. And also, what do we have to, what type of software do we have to use to, to get to that point? Yeah. So, you know, when we're talking about, you know, uses and software and stuff like that, you know, John, what are you, what are you kind of thinking about when, you know, we bring that up? Yeah, software, it's, um, there, there's many different types of open, open source software that realistically, even if you don't have a 3D printer yet, you can, you can work with, you can tinker with, you can create files, and honestly, you could probably make a bit of income off of that just doing the free software side of that, posting it mm-hmm. on certain websites, and Thingiverse doesn't sell things, but there's sites that sell them. But when I'm thinking, when I'm thinking that, it's like, okay, I got my printer, what now? What am I going to do? How do I do? How do I make the model? What's going on, or, or where does that get directed to? And... and, and if it's G code that I'm writing, how do I get that G code? How do I compile that code? So uh, most popular, Cura. Um, that one's actually uh, w- one of the most widely used ones. Um, we've got uh, my preferred one actually is Prusa Slicer, um, and and it's it's just a matter of preference because realistically a lot of these do the same thing. Um, there's small different changes and in, in settings with like uh, pathing and stuff like that that you can get into, but that's it's highly technical in those things, and in a lot of those places, it's it's you'll see minute differences, and it's really like a one-off. It's a small small thing. It's kind of contributing mm-hmm. to ironing is, is one of the one of the examples that irons out the final layer so that that looks more glossy, and that's something that actually I do on Prusa on certain prints that so if you want that that nice finish, you don't want it to look like uh, rid, or, or rocky or like gritty, mm-hmm. um, and then um, a, a few others like uh, to, to model. Um, actually, one of the bigger ones, um, depending on if you're uh, using it for your business or personally, Fusion 360 is free if you use it personally as a hobby, uh, as a hobbyist. But uh, Tinkercad's one of those. Um, realistically, you could even in slicers, you can change that code, that model, that STL object file, mm-hmm. OBJ, whatever you want to do. Um, you can slice pieces off of that, so you can um, like if you're struggling with the size of your bed, do separations of those. Um, and then you could break it down into the actual path that your nozzle's taking, um, and, and it's and it's funny because we talk about, we we've talked about efficiency before, um, and and that's something that in these in these programs, um, that's one thing that I don't see enough of is uh, they talk about their own efficiency. So you'll see the numbers pop up like this is how long this will take, this is how long that'll take, this is the retraction de-retraction. Blah blah blah, but at the end of the day, I see inefficiencies when paths cross. I see inefficiencies when um, when supports are 
uh, not bridging correctly and, and, and kind of uh, falling down a little mm-hmm. bit. So a lot of these things, and, and Ed, you can probably take take this part to it uh, or think about this uh, side of the things, is, is uh, there's not enough sensors in that in that sense, uh, in that side, to, to recognize those things, mm-hmm. to test those things, but but in those programs, those applications, um, you can they're color coded, so I don't know if there's any programs on the on the OT side that's color coded with like, hey, this is uh, slope, or or this mm-hmm. is the, the temperature is is this color or whatever, but but I like those things can be applied in those senses. So in the applications field, uh, it's it's very basic, but it's open source. Mm-hmm. Open source means you can build on that. You can make your own. Yeah. So I, w- I would say, so when we're talking slope, it's mathematics. So those mathematics are uh, generated anyway from the movements we make with the step promoters. That's data that's already on a board. So what I would say is you leverage that data. Um, here, here we go with MQTT again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we leverage that data via MQTT inside of the 3D printer. And we use something like Kibano or Elastic, and uh, we build some type of uh, framework around that. And then we take that data and understand the data. And then from that, if we wanted to, we can make that a responsive system, which is AKA closed loop system. Mm -hmm. And then in real time, it says, hey, your slope is off from what we said that the the file was. You know, I I would even say, I, I like that there are some free options there. But I would also like to see some type of CAD or CAM um, software package that had all these capabilities where I could do some uh, simulation first and then uh, create that STL file. I would like to see that environment where we could uh, test out what our assumptions are. What do you think, Nick? You know, it's like, you know, for me, it's like, especially you start getting to the CAD CAM side of the house. You know, getting into like you know, your Fusion 360s and um, your Autodesks and stuff like that. You know, doing your like your, your flow rates, you know, stuff that we talk about airflow rates and stuff like that if you're trying to design a nozzle or something like that. Yeah, if you could take that and do a quick nozzle test and stuff like that if you're building something for like a model rocket or, you know, one of the, um, uh, the, the CO2 rockets that people build out of water bottles and launch them in their backyard. You know, you can build the nozzles for that so you can test... You know how the how the different nozzle designs actually work for you know your jettisons and your your jets and stuff like that. You know, be able to test that in the CAD CAM software and then be able to develop it. You know, using you know STLs and slicers and stuff like that. You know, it would be great. You know, if I can see you know what, what the flow is going to be. You know, especially when you start dealing with things that are you know when you start dealing in the world of mock diamond. You know, you're trying to see you know how how concentric can I get my mock diamond based off of speed and power. You know, you know, based off a of thrust coming out the end of a motor, you know that type of stuff you want to you want to you know visualize. You know, and, and most things you can't do that with unless you have a way of doing you know like a fluid dynamics on it or something like that or doing something with a little bit of speed behind it. You know, but the thing is, it also goes back to an IT standpoint. You know, where a lot of these software packages that we have are very you know um, hardware resilient. You know, and hardware dependent, a bit based on if it's a Windows operating system or you know a Mac operating system. You're not going to see a lot for Linux unless you're talking about the open source world. You know, but it's also you know how much RAM I need, how much you know CPU power do I need, how much GPU power do I need if we're getting into that realm. You start dealing with like CAD and CAM software, you start worrying about GPU specs. 
you know, you start having to build, custom build solutions and hardware packages just to be able to support that software, which is good and all. However, this is where I, I want to play the devil's advocate is there's companies out there that need to get, you know, off their tail that are building these gaming rigs, you know, for what? You know, you have a gaming rig, cool. You know, go play Fortnite, whatever. You know, but why don't you build a, a PC with that same amount of power as a gaming PC for something productive? Yeah. You know, for CAD CAM machine to do 3D printing. You know, or you build one of those machines and sell it with a, with a 3D printer. Make it a package. Maybe on workstation. We, we, should, yeah. we should go to John, but I just want to jump in just a second so I can give right. John something to think about. Um, it, here, here's the thing. If we, if we want machines to ever get to the point where they learn, mm-hmm. and I say genuinely learn, then what we have to do is we have to incorporate these systems inside of the thing we're trying to make smart. Right. Have the, have, so, have, so what you're saying is have the, have the 3D printer do all the CAD and CAM design for you and then spit it out on the end. No, no. I still want the creativity from the person. I still want the input right, from no, the Right, no. But what I mean is, is and, you know, this is just to you know spin it up a little bit. Is I'm going to take a workstation, but I'm going to combine it with a 3D printer. So it means as I design it, I can hit the go button immediately without having to transfer from one device to another based on oh, network yeah, 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 design. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 not a problem because when I say what I'm saying, I'm saying okay. So if I want to use a mini computer, that mini computer could be leveraged against the cloud environment. Yeah. So my my concept of, hey, I want intelligence. Well, intelligence should be a resource. And then I pay for the amount of resources I use. So, and this is just to throw it back to John. So, John, he, or I like to call you champ, but his anyway, name is John, but anyway. I like to call him champ. <laughs> um, here's the thing. What I would like to see from 3D printing, I would like to see somebody take a phone. I don't care what platform, Android. I don't care if it's Google. I don't even care if it's uh, um, Apple. I can take a snap. That snap can be sent as a image. And it understands, take this data, convert this data to what you understand, and create this file for me. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's something that we're getting to, and, and in some cases already have, maybe mm-hmm. not to the highest quality. Um, I think a big... A big aspect of it that um, uh, everyone needs to consider is uh, a single picture is not going to show you as much depth. And I think that, um, although not impossible, you can still show depth in a picture. I mean, artists do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a little bit harder for that that um, that computer, if it's a mini PC or a mini environment, to not um, to to be able to do that. But I, there are things that, and I'd be interested too, that you'd attach onto your phone, you plug right in, takes a little bit of the power from the phone, and then you can do maybe a 360 degree, uh, degree scan, uh, some type of panoramic if you mm. need to, maybe even it says, hey, I need five pictures. Give me, um, give me four sides and then top down. Let me ask you this. And then I'll do that. Let me ask you this. Right now your phone is doing that. I can do panogra- pana- a panoramic view. I can even do a 3D view. Yeah. It does that with software. Yeah. I take a flat I take a flat image. Really, not even necessarily two D. It's more one D than it is two D. Mm-hmm. 
and that software is converting that image into that. Yeah. Why can't I do the same thing with the phone? Now the new iPhone 13 can well, do yeah, that. I was going to say, yeah, that, that's the next point. It, it, LiDAR. LiDAR is, uh, it, it's beautiful. It's, it's, it's something that's like, I don't know, as revolutionary as coming up with sonar. You know, it's like, are you telling me I could find my environment with sending the sound wave? Cool. You're telling me that I can see in a low light environment by sending a single, like, you know, light ray? Yeah. Cool. That's that right there. I, that to me is uh, what needs to be kind of leveraged into that camera system so that like it, it is able to be more efficient because I, I don't think that it's impossible to do that scanning because yes, it does exist. I just don't think it's very efficient right now, or at least I've never been, I've ne I haven't seen it e efficiently make uh, a model. It's, it's more of the, um, like the minimalist, like you definitely see the polygons. You, you, you see, mm -hmm. you don't see, it doesn't create a clean mesh on it. And, and some of those little small deviations are not as pronounced. And, it, and honestly, it is depending on the size you print it in. And in most places, most hobbyists are only printing on like a 200 millimeter by 200 millimeter square plate they're not doing anything yeah. huge. So, and the thing is if you think about it lidar came you know out of the the military realm right. you know yeah you know you're, you're dealing with lidar you're dealing with you know coming from also from coming from the law enforcement world and stuff like that for like you know registering speed you know that's what it's there for you know you got lidar radar and then you start getting into like you know mvg and sonar and stuff like that mm -hmm. depending on you know what makes up your environment based off a of shadow you know, so you're you're having to you know play with that realm. So you know, lidar is one thing. You know, being able to use you know like a, a mesh sonar would be something else. You know, and you know just to be able to triangulate the location of the corners and stuff like that is another thing. You know, however, that's you know here nor there. Well, here's the thing. This this is where I'm gonna challenge both of you mm -hmm. because I disagree a little bit, just a little bit. I disagree that we need. I still believe with just an iPhone, mm -hmm. maybe I can't take one picture. I can take four pictures. Yeah, I believe there. I believe we should be able to mesh them together. Yeah, five pictures. Then I got a yeah. slicer. The right. slicer should be both a combiner and a slicer. Yeah, I can compile an image into G code and slice that image into G code coordinates. Yeah, why is that not possible? It's a little bit mm -hmm. of coding. Maybe it's a lot of coding. Maybe that coding doesn't exist, mm -hmm. but I can use TinyML, which is a free, open source uh, machine learning application, mm -hmm. and incorporate that in with a phone. Yeah, I just think right now it's the fact that you know the GPU and stuff like that that we, that's not there on the cell phone right now. I think once we figure out how to better the you know the the chips and cell phones, I think once we see, you know, I'm, I'm not an, an Apple bandwagon by any stretch of the imagination. I'll tell you that right now. Um, however, you know, it's once they can move their M1 chip that they have and their computers and the, the new, you know, MacBook Air and also the um, uh, iPad Air now, once you can move that M1 chip into a cell phone, all games are off at that point, you know. The, the, it's you know the, the the boxing you know game begins mm -hmm. because you're now you're in the realm of you know computer stuff. You're away from silicon chips. Mm -hmm. Now you're more to the the M1 you know mega processors that have your GPU built in, your RAM built in, and stuff like that all in one package. You know, once we see that, I I, I think that's a possibility. So I challenge you again. Yeah. 
What is a hologram? See, I see. It's I love that you actually brought holograms up, um, because hol- holograms can be there's 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 a whole bunch of different ways of thinking. A about static it. hologram. So now you're talking. So, a static so you're hologram. talking about I don't have like you're not saying I have a prism and depending on the where right. I, where I shine it. So basically, it. I have a card that's a hologram, and if I turn it in a certain way, the, the yeah. light refracts on it, do whatever. Right. Right. It's yeah. it's something static, right? Mm-hmm. It's static images that are leveraged. With some with some physics, right, and with light, the, yeah. the, the physics of light, yeah, and it gives us a perception, yeah. And that if gives, yeah. if I can do that with a baseball card, yeah, why can I not do the same thing with three D printing? Think about it. NASA just sent a doctor and some of his people yeah. to the International Space Station, and they were still sitting on their practice down the floor. The hologram. <laughs> They call it holographic medicine. They brought them right to the International Space Station. That's incredible. Why, why can't yeah. it be done? See, I, I don't know. I okay. You, you touch on that. Holograms are something that kind of have a, a special place in my heart because it's be, like you've talked about it all the time. Being a nerd, I've I've kind of been fixated on a, on a lightsaber. It's like okay, so how do you create this saber of light? It it terminates at a certain point, and it maintains that temperature. Mm-hmm. We don't course there's not anything like that right now that i know of not this wireless yeah, yeah. it's not this wireless like that <laughs> but but you, you think about it it's it's the creation of add of wires to it image. there you go yeah right. <laughs> it's the creation of that 3d image and that 3d image um you know people are saying it's um uh like four, these 4d places and then mm. 5d like theaters blah 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 but like yeah that's incredible you see that some of the sporting games like those lights going around that's incredible so that's kind of you just touched on something that's like uh, an ultimate fascination of mine is like how do you get that light to terminate um at those certain places are they hitting other light rays and stopping like there's a whole bunch of like questions that are raised on the physics side and and on um just like it's it's you know, visually stunning most of the time. But mm-hmm. then there's a book that I was reading uh, throughout college. It's called Holographic Universe. Mm-hmm. And it's thinking, we, we even get, and I know this is kind of getting off track a bit, but but it's like, think it's every bit of your thought process can be viewed from a different angle because you think about a hologram is showing mm-hmm. a different uh, design from different, different angles. So it's, it's perspective mm-hmm. thing. So you take it even, even we can break it down into 3D printing, you take it from a different perspective and hey, I'm not thinking about what is this thing producing. I'm I'm thinking about what is what process is this improving? Whose life is this improving? Mm-hmm. And then that kind of stimulates your thought process. And that's kind of like literally, you guys got a picture in the side of my my thought process is like, okay, we're thinking about it one way. We're just we need to spin this turntable and see what other angles we can see from this. Yeah, well, it's like you know, if you really want to you know tie it to three D you know into three D printing is, you know, why can't I take you know, a piece of software that can can configure and project the hologram that makes sure if that's actually useful or not before I pull the trigger and actually print the darn thing and waste the and and, 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 and waste the filament. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's you know, I guess you could call it a pre proof of concept. Or, or um, machine learning. Or well the thing is <laughs> well the thing is 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 then it's like, okay, so now we go into a physical CAD cam yeah. at that point. So here's another challenge. Or a digital CAD cam, if you think about it. What is an MRI? What does an MRI do? What does an MRI do? It's using microwaves for a full body scan, right? Yeah. But it's it's for for in particular it's the brain. Yeah. Ah, okay. In particular, yeah, it's in particular. it's it's mapping the brain. Yeah. We already have a three 
dimensional map of the brain from our crude way of methods of cutting out the brain and touching it and feeling it and measuring it yeah. to where we took a uh, measurement system where we would measure it and say, hey, mm -hmm. to where we went to, hey, let's, let's kind of make this in, in software to where we say, hey, we got an MRI system that's mapping it. So here's the challenge. What does every 3D printer machine do that is of any quality before it starts to print? There is a calibration that it does. Yeah. Yeah. Touch this corner, touch that corner, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, bad level. Why should I not put something on there and say, hey, I put an apple on there. Do your corners, map yourself. I want you to scan with a camera 360 degrees with that same servo system or stepper motor system I have with the camera from three angles. Yeah. And have to recreate that image? And then take that data right from the camera and put it as a SDL file into oh. the 3D printer. Yeah, so pretty much be a, a, a 3D printer based. 3D uh, mounted, printer mounted, mounted, um, uh, 3D, 3D scanner. 3D scanner right there. <laughs> based on the machine. Yeah, I like that. See, I like that idea because um, you, when you first started talking about holograms and, and I think about in one of those, um, oh, I got you. And one of those, um, those, those ideas that I'm kind of going for is, is, um, oh man, you're going to have to stop it because I lost my train of thought. No, keep going, man. Keep going. It's um, okay. You're wrong. So, so we talk about holograms and talk about, um, uh, oh, no, 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 here it is. So, so I'm Animal thinking rap. of, because uh, we, we talked about applications. <laughs> got, the train of thought got derailed for a second there. So we talked about the applications and, and, using, and using those things to create G-coders, right? And then we talk about, we want, we want it to automatically uh, measure or, or uh, check, scan its environments and, and possibly create that G-code. Um, it, it, those two things are, are intertwined because in, um, in certain softwares, you can have your, your, back, your, your sketch, your canvas in the background, and it's, and it's putting that there. So there's nothing, there's nothing to me, in my mind, that would limit you from being able to take that object and say, hey, boom, this object is here. I need you to try to fill these dimensions, or at least tell me the dimensions before you try to fill in the apple that's already there, and then go from there because like, how many times do you have uh, a piece that you glued together and you're like, man, this integrity is like shot. Like, I, I can't, this connector, this gasket, this whatever tubing is, is, is going to shatter, um, but, but I, I, I need it. So you set that in there, glued piece together, try to sand it down, make it as clean as you can, have it measure that, and then you pick your infill. So, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I think that that's possible. I mean, we might have a, a million dollar idea right there. Yeah, maybe, but we just give it away. <laughs> yeah, right? No. No, no. no, no. We, we don't give anything away. We, we open source. And the reason we open source is because if we give it to the community, the community will build it. And for us, the building is the process. All right. You know, hey, you know, if you do build it, you know, we do take donations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, hate to say it, you know. I'm not going to You know, we're just, you know, a bunch of IT and OT guys that, uh, well, but, you know, with that, you know, it's just, it's, it's always interesting when you start thinking about the software and stuff like that that goes behind, you know, 3D printing and, you know, kind of what it is, you know, and, and where it's going in the future. 
you know, as as we you know kind of walk the path of three D printing, we kind of we kind of remember that you know remember what what's ahead of us and what's behind us, you know, all in the same process. You know, we're we're down to our last couple minutes here, you know, but you know I'm gonna you know say from my side before I turn it over to Ed for the final thoughts is you know thank you you know thank you everybody who's who's kind of dialed into this thing no matter where you are in the world. You know, I, I was looking at the statistics the other day. You know, we got people from all over the world listening to us. And, you know, we 100% appreciate that. You know, we got some stuff coming out on the YouTube channel. Um, you know, that's always down in the link description. We got some other people coming on board soon. You know, and we're, you know, we're here for you. If you need anything from us, you let us know. We'll be more than happy to get you the information you need. So, you know, I'm going to turn over to Ed for, you know, I guess the, the charge of the week. And, uh, you know, kind of see, uh, kind of lead us out. All right, Ed, you take it. So I can remember when I was a kid, <clears throat> the first time I saw a Polaroid picture. Something from nothing instantly put out. Mm -hmm. That was, to me, the inception of 3D printing. What we have today is a Polaroid picture. What we should strive to get to is, is I should be able to use a voice recognition and say, build me a heart. Right. And it builds it. Whether we leverage that over Google or we leverage that over whatever platform to go take this model or I build a database. So for me, I think that this is these are things we should do as, as a community. We should um, think about how we can make these things better. Excuse me. And as always, we appreciate everybody that has supported us. And we also challenge you guys to challenge us if you want some uh different concepts or uh something challenging let us know and as nick said next month the 300 dollars uh, 3d printer challenge is on it's the beginning and thank you for tuning in thank you for listening to the tech at lunch podcast where we hope you learned something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime if you did please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.